Welcome to Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tarmody, where it's all about health optimization, anti-aging, longevity, and being the very best you can be. Brought to you by lisatarmody.com. Welcome back, team, to another episode of Pushing the Limits. And today I have my friend Adam Harris. Adam is the founder of frankandfearless.com. Uh, he is an executive coach and a business uh, advisor, consultant. Uh, he works with a process called Traction. If you ever heard the book Traction, get it. It's a really good book. If it's about business, it's about uh, having the right operating system, getting the right teams, you know, all of that sort of good stuff. So in today's episode, we were going to be talking about Traction and um, all of the, the wonders of that book and the process for developing your business. But uh, Adam turned the tables on me and we ended up uh, him interviewing me about my entrepreneurial journey and where I'm at and what I'm doing. So uh, I got the tables sort of flipped on me, um, but it was a very interesting deep dive. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs and people who want to get into business will relate to some of the challenges that I'm facing. And therefore, yeah, I'm bearing my soul once again, not only in genetics, but now with my business. So I hope you enjoy this episode with the lovely Adam Harris um, and come along on this journey of discovery and learning with me today. Uh, it was a fabulous interview and I really enjoy Adam. He's just absolutely fabulous as a coach um, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, before we head over to the show, uh, love you to go and check out our supplement range on lisatarmity.com. We have a curated range of supplements from all around the world. Make sure you go and check that out. Stuff that I give to my family. It's uh, stuff that I'm like, okay, why is this not available in New Zealand? I've got to make it available down here and now it's in my shop. So a lot of those sorts of things, um, they're all vetted, they're all, you know, top-notch supplements. So make you go, sure you go and check that out. And if you're dealing with any health things, reach out to us too, lisa at lisatarmody.com. And on a last note, I am sitting literally in my very brand new clinic. I have a hyperbaric oxygen therapy clinic 2.0. I had one uh, about seven years ago. Um, I shut it after a couple of years because I was juggling five companies and mum being disabled. So I finally managed to reopen. Um, we're doing a bit of a soft launch right now we've got the official launch in a, in a couple of months but I've already got um, a couple of clients coming through which is really exciting for me uh, we have a, a hard shell chamber which is just absolutely fabulous now hyperbaric oxygen therapy is all about um hyper oxygenating the body and this does so so many things and works on a very deep cellular level to uh, rehabilitate the body and there's tons and tons of clinical research i've done whole podcasts with dr jason Saunders and dr scott Sher on the show highly recommend you go and check those episodes out if you want to understand hyperbaric it's literally been the cornerstone of my mum's rehabilitation from her aneurysm and stroke and also very very um important part of her cancer uh, journey and uh, so yeah very very interesting um, therapy so check that out and we are taking on clients now at the hyperbaric clinic um, we still haven't got a website up but I'll let you guys know as soon as we do but otherwise in the meantime just reach out to me lisa at lisatarmody.com if you are interested uh, and in the Taranaki region want to have a go um, okay now over to the show with my friend Adam Harris 
Well, hey everyone, and welcome back to Pushing the Limits. Today, I have my friend Adam Harris with me. Welcome to the show, Adam. It's fabulous to have you. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> we have connected. You are a facilitator, a coach, a business coach, uh, an EOS facilitator. We're going to talk about what that is today on the show. Um, and you've been helping me with my business and mentoring, and I've been helping you a little bit with your health, and we need to get back onto that track and stuff. <laughs> um, but we, we, we've got lots to teach each other. And in this process, we've sort of gone, hang on a minute, why don't we record a podcast together? Because this would really, really share. So um, I'm going to actually flip the, the script today. And Adam's going to uh, interview me and I'm going to sort of bear my entrepreneurial soul um, and uh, sort of do a little bit, Adam, like what you do with your with your clients that you work with and helping people make successful businesses. And the reason I wanted to do this was I know that a lot of the listeners out there that that are listening are either in a in a job that they want to get out of and want to start their own business, or they have their own business, uh, or they're in a small team where they want to get their team firing and rocking. Uh, so I think it's going to be a relevant thing. And we all have a lot of similar challenges. We just don't know it. Um, and we all think we've got these, you know, 150 problems that we've got to solve every day, but actually we can break it down into sort of smaller components. And there's really five or six things that we all uh, struggle with. So today I wanted to sort of share my struggles <laughs> and uh, have Adam sort of lead and guide the conversation. But before we jump in, Adam, can you give us a little bit of a background on yourself and who you are, where you come from and uh, why you live around the corner from me now? Uh, yeah, so very quickly, I'm from Nottingham in the UK. So some of the listeners will have heard of Robin Hood. Uh, he's not my father. Um <laughs> I I I suppose I've always been entrepreneurial. Um I had my first uh car washing business aged 8 getting all the kids on the cul-de-sac uh washing cars for me. Um as the years went by I've been a um uh I worked in supermarkets and that helped me qualify as a butcher baker and a candlestick maker. Uh, <laughs> over the years I had a business that supplied inflatable extras to the TV and film industry. So had 10,000 blow up dolls at one point. Um, <laughs> That's very I've suspect. A, I've been a uh, professional lookalike. Um, <laughs> and uh, probably for the last 13, 14 years, I've been in the coaching and consulting space. Um, this just has allowed me to, I, I'm just really good at asking questions. Hence why we're kind of doing this slightly, uh, slightly differently. Um, and then about uh, about four and a half years ago, myself and my wife, uh, Naomi, decided that we, we needed to move as a family. Um, and our ultimate goal is to uh, live a nomadic life. So this was before uh, COVID and, and the aspect of kind of remote working. Uh, our need and desire to kind of travel was quite high. And kind of through our investigations, we came across uh, the Green School, which is here in New Plymouth. Yeah, uh, we moved to here. Rachel, Mark. <laughs> yeah, uh, moved here um, December 2019. Uh, six weeks later, um, after the kids had started school at the most wonderful school called the Green yeah. School, uh, we went into kind of lockdown and, you know, the rest is kind of history and the world has changed. Um, for me, I just love what I do. I've got a really inquisitive mind. Um, I love to help people get out of their own comfort zone. Um 
I suppose more from a business perspective, whereas you're, you know, kind of health and, and business. Mm. And I think that's why we've connected and um, there's uh, similarities. Yeah, there's great synergies and, you know, we've both got skill sets that can help each other. So it's been, you know, mutually beneficial, hopefully. Okay, Adam, right, you are now in charge of this interview. I'm the interviewee. Go for cool. broke. Right. So um, my style's really inquisitive, so I, I, I'll, I'll hear some of the things that you say and I'll pick up and, and we'll delve a little bit deeper. So I suppose the, the, the first thing is, is that, you know, when you wake up in the morning, um what what's the first thing that comes into your mind and then how do you you know go for the day that you've got ahead of you um the very very first thing that comes into my mind is I always think about my dad who I lost a couple of years ago he's the one I say hello to in the morning and hi dad how's it going on the other side so to speak and and right after that um I'm usually doing my things like HRVs and pulse and uh um you know uh, checking my sleep app and how did I sleep last night so I do my biohacking thing right <laughs> and then I get in and have a cold shower <laughs> get my uh, sunlight on in the morning I hope you guys are all taking notes of these sorts of things because these are what I want you guys to start your day with um look at the sunshine outside try and do a couple of inversion poses um so that I can get blood flow to the hip brain and get my cortisol levels up and that's the start of my day. And then if I'm doing something like this, I'm usually diving straight into listening to a podcast interview, something, research, whatever I'm doing while I'm getting all mum's uh, protocols ready for the day, which is it takes an hour to get all her uh, medications, injections, all this stuff together just for the morning. Um, so doing that, so straight into the work mode. And I've got a fresh mind usually, so I'm sort of usually putting it full of some science of of, of the day, whatever's what's going on. So that's how my day starts before I even, you know, sit formally down to do anything or contact anybody. That's sort of my routine. Um, How rigid is that routine and what happens if you don't stick to, to that routine? Um, Yeah, it, it really upsets me if I, if I you know, have to – you know, jump out of the bed, bed or something and race somewhere because I got something wrong, which occasionally happens. <laughs> I'm very good at duck booking myself. My apologies to all, all concerned. Um, uh, so that occasionally happens, but that throws me out and then I'm stressed out for the, like, you know, like my stress levels go up. And so um, I try not to. I try to keep my routines set, you know, um, so that I have – everything in its place and and sort of ready to go and I uh, I want to set my day up for success sort of thing so that I'm not in a state of stressed outness early in the morning when I'm gonna because I'm really trying to focus on rebuilding my energy systems my HPA axis you know like my adrenals and all of that because I've had a hard eight years um and, and trying to pull back in. So for me, keeping my stress levels low in the morning so that I, it, you know, doesn't get out of control early and then I'm off to the races with a stressed out day. And have you have you always had that consistency of routine or is that oh, something that you've had not. to you've had to build over time? Now, that's definitely uh, come over time. So as I've learned on this journey of biohacking, longevity, anti-aging world, whatever I'm in, um, I've learned new hacks and routines and I love um, habit stacking. I love doing little, little wee changes. So not massive changes, you know, so uh, it might be doing, you know, 
a couple of minutes of yoga. It doesn't have to be an hour class, right? It's just getting my body moving in the morning and getting that sunlight or whatever the, the stuff is that I'm doing that are going to set me up for that day, you know, so that I'm, okay, I've, I've ticked a couple of boxes already. I'm getting my little dopamine hits. And so, no, I didn't have any sort of uh, routine or regime or doing anything like that properly. As I learn, I integrate and, and I actually, I, I walk a talk, you know, the stuff I talk about I do. Mm-hmm. To to a large degree, shall we say, I'm human. I fall off the bandwagon on regular occasions, but you know, I pretty much live how I how I preach, so to speak. So that there'll be people that are listening to this um, who will maybe have tried to get routine and to get habits in in place. Um, and I think there's this this aspect for me is around. Uh, a minimum of one plus. So I think a lot of the times is that people put too much pressure on themselves to achieve the hour of yoga where it yeah. could potentially go, if I do a minimum of one minute of yoga. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yep. I, and I suppose that's the kind of the multi-stacking pa- uh, purpose, isn't it really? Yeah. I love that. I love that um, stacking of little tiny habits, you know, like uh, you know, like I like to do things like when I'm sitting all day at the computer or whatever and, you know, go back-to-back meetings and in between the meetings I like to get up and do some push-ups or sprints to the letterbox or do things that are going to release a lot of intense energy for a short period so that I can come back and then I can focus again. And that blood flow and that regular movement break, I understand my genetics and where I, you know, where I'm at. I need movement all the time. So if I'm sitting, I'm going to get angrier and angrier if I don't release that pressure valve because I'm very adrenaline based. So for me, understanding those genetics and what my body needs and building that into my day. And that's one of the reasons uh, I like to be an entrepreneur because I like to be in charge of my own body. I don't like anybody else to be in charge of my own body. And that that's why I find, you know, even things like, you know, hopping in an airplane for a long haul flight really distressing because, I mean, nobody likes it, but, you know, I'm not in charge of where I go and what I do and how I move. And you're like, like this, you know, and my mm-hmm. body needs movement. So um, I suppose the, the message out of that one is like, be aware of who you are and what you need and then build into your lifestyle the best you can, the stuff that's going to facilitate a healthy you. So I'm going to, I'm going to come back to that. I just want to, there'll be people that will be listening to this who, who may well be doing or not doing uh, habits or routine at the moment. What's the the two or three that you strongly, strongly recommend that people should be putting into their daily habit and routines? Um, as from a health perspective, you're talking about sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, there's just so many things that I think people – I think people need to prioritise sleep. I think that is the number one leverage point for everything from weight loss to functioning better at work to being a better person to, you know, anti-aging to everything – Sleep is your biggest leverage point. If you're not prioritizing uh, getting to bed at the right time and getting up at a regular time, so regularity in your sleep patterns is is really, really key, which can be really tough for, for shift workers. Um, uh, understanding where your circadian rhythm is, and um, I think that would be the biggest leverage point for people is optimizing the sleep routine. So I have a very set routine at night of things that I do to calm myself step by step down into sleep, and because I used to suffer from insomnia, something wicked, 
Um, and now I, I don't. I, I, I have my things that I do. And unless there's something that's interrupted my routine, like if I'm traveling for work or staying in a hotel, I won't sleep well because I haven't got that usual, um, you know, you're in a foreign environment, but also um, you're not stepping down into that from being full bore to to sleep. Mm. And what people take away from that is probably, you know, like you wouldn't get your, if you had a two-year-old, you wouldn't have them, charged up on sugar, running around the house, eating ice creams at nine o'clock at night and then tell them to go to bed. It's not going to work. It's not going to work for you either. <laughs> you have to treat yourself. You're going to have a hot bath or a hot shower or something. You do maybe a bit of stretching, yoga, calming, reading a book, blue light blocking glasses to stop yep. the bad light at night time, the, the wrong light at the wrong time. Uh, all of those sorts of things, chamomile teas and, you know, magnesiums and supplements that you can use to to help wind you down melatonin if that's appropriate uh you know all of those sorts of things to then get you ready to hop into bed into that mm. really dark space in the bedroom no light no leds anywhere no remote you know little tv with a little green light at the right that will interrupt your sleep you know so it's little wee things like that that you can you know fix um, in your house so you, you've said a couple of things that I really want to I want to delve a little bit deeper into. So um, be aware of who you are. Just explain what that means. Yeah. So, you know, um, my passion is genetics, right? It's understanding from a genetic point of view how you tick, both from a health perspective, but also from a brain perspective, what neurotransmitters are dominant in that person and things like that. So I know, in my case, a lot of adrenaline, and I'm always chasing dopamine. I don't have enough dopamine, so I'm chasing it all the time. Um, that makes me very, very driven person. I have a lack of prolactin at times when the dopamine takes over, which means I can be quite short and um, grumpy and um, dominating if I'm not careful, right? So... Uh, it makes me very good as a visionary. Uh, it makes me like have a big picture vision. I'm like in the EOS, yep. you know, the traction book that you kindly gave me, which we probably dive into at some point. Uh, I am the visionary. I need the integrator. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's being self-aware. Well, what type of person are you? You know, what, what does your body physically need at what time of the day? And then what is your dominant hormones and your dominant neurotransmitters? And what does that say about how you will be happy at work? If, if mm -hmm. you know, like I'm a, you know, total rebel, total independent thinker, total visionary. So I'm not going to do well, am I, at the local council? You know? Definitely oh. not. <laughs> or in a government department or something, eh? It's not going to work. <laughs> Not, so, I would be very unhappy. Just interrupting the show to let you know about our patron community here and the podcast at Pushing the Limits. We've been going for eight years and we really need your support to keep the show on air and free to everybody so that everyone gets this fantastic information uh, from all these great doctors, scientists, athletes, business people from all around the world. So we would love you to come and join us. You get a lot of exclusive member benefits when you do, but really it's about supporting the show and keeping it on air. And for a coffee or two a month, that would be fantastic if you can come and join us. You can go to patron.lisatamati.com. That's patron.lisatamati.com and check it all out. 
So there'll, there'll be people that are listening to this that will know, that will know, but some won't. How do you find all that information out then? I mean, a lot of it's intuition, but genetic testing yep. is the other answer. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I do, obviously, <clears throat> have have programs. And, and so it's not just for health. It's also for your understanding yourself and your what parts of the brain you use and which areas you're dominant in. And are you going to be a great um perceiver of patterns or um are you going to be a great empath and great listener and like you are you know like um it, it, so that that can be very insightful especially for young people trying to pick their career path right <clears throat> if i'd known that then maybe dad wouldn't have sent me down there being to be an accountant you know <laughs> like could you get anything more inappropriate for me you know so i just want to pick up on that that insight then so you for you personally having that insight what what's that meant for you for your physical but also professional career? Um, it, it's really helped me accept who I am, and instead of feeling like oh I'm a failure because I don't fit in the box, um, and <clears throat> I'm very much like 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 to encourage others too to like you don't have to go to university now you don't have to be uh it, it, you know the traditional path in order to be who you want to be and do what you want to do i mean there are a few exceptions like if you want to be a lawyer you're going to have to go to law school right and you got to get a law but generally speaking you can work your you can find out I, i'm much more likely to hire someone or take someone into the team or whatever that is actually got the skill set that i need not the 10 degrees behind their name you know I like people who have had uh, varied experiences in life and come to it with a unique skill set because of that. Uh, and, I, and I think people um, often limit themselves, and I know I did, uh, because you don't have a doctor title in front of your name or a PhD or an MA or a BA or whatever it is that you've stuck as the thing I don't have. Um, that's a, a constructed in our current society, the way we are currently living, I think is a disappearing old fashioned way of, um, you know, you don't need to be limited by that anymore, shall we say? I mean, mm-hmm. have you got specific qualifications, Adam? Have you got a PhD in business entrepreneurship, and, uh, uh, executive coaching, or I don't know? I, so I, I'm. I, I agree with you. I, I do have some qualifications. Yeah. Um. But I've always found that for me, experiential learning is the is the best way to do. Um. For me as a learner, but actually, I, I've as a teacher as well. I find that you know, um, and I've I've seen it both in education as a former teacher and lecturer, and mm-hmm. I've also then seen it kind of within the the commercial world that you can have all the theory. But it, it's it's almost the emotive response that when you're in a situation, I suppose it's like you, if you're training somebody to do a, a marathon or a triathlon, you can talk about it, you know, and the aspect of kind of hitting the wall. But it's only until it's only when you hit the wall. Yeah, exactly. Do you fully understand and go, yeah, right, uh-huh. OK, That's now, where you know, exactly. You know, that's almost <laughs> like I, and I used to call it with um, from an education perspective. It's almost like light bulb moment when the student just kind of fully appreciates it is immersed in the situation. And then they go, I get it now. I, I understand, you know, is that, is that like, um, in your experience, you know, um, how many people actually know who they are? So I, I appreciate that kind of the epigenetics aspect is, but you know, when you, in your experience of just meeting people, how many people as maybe as a percentage 
do you meet that are aware of who they are and are accepting that they are completely different to everybody else? Um, I, I, I'd say probably there's, there's a, yeah, probably, you know, without judgment, judgment or anything, but there's a lot of people who are completely unaware of who they are and what they could possibly be. Uh, I think most people limit themselves like, well, we all limit ourselves to some degree. We've all got some sort of belief that's not true, <laughs> that we can't do something. Um, but, I, yeah, I think that most people have a, a degree of limiting belief system that they could just do so much more, given a little bit more encouragement. And that's one of the reasons and why in my coaching style and my teaching style, I'm very much you've got this and together we can make this happen. And, you know, if you know, give the example of the running and stuff, which I don't do anymore, the run coaching. But um, if I believe in my 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 athlete and I tell them you can do this, I know it because I've taken a thousand people on that journey. I've taken them from there to there, and I know that you've got what it takes. That's the end of the argument usually. Like because they, if they respect me and they expect my experience and my knowledge, mm-hmm. then I've just given them permission to succeed. Right, they they've I've taken away that I don't know if I can do this because my boss said or my coach said I can do this and therefore I can. In other words, you've taken away that 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 boundary in their head if they really believe in you. Um, so let's pick yeah. up on that then. So what has stopped us from believing in ourselves? Yeah, I mean that's the download that we got right in those first seven years mainly of our lives as we just downloaded our environment, you know, our, our culture, our teachings, our parents, our friends, all of those those limiting beliefs that we picked up along the way that are often irrelevant to the adult standing in front of me today, but are still carried by that because it's in your subconscious programming and we're not aware of that programming. And so it's really taking that conscious effort and time to go through that, 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 you know, like um, Dr. Bruce Lipton, who I've had on the show uh, previously, I'm a huge fan of his work, um, you know, talks about this, these early years and how they're just, they're running the ship. 90% of your brain is on the sort of default mode of this is how we've always run things. This is what we, uh, what we do and what we believe and the framework with which we go through the world. And then only when you pick things out and examine it, and actually go, hang on a minute, is that relevant to who I am? That that message that I picked up, I don't know, when dad told me I was fat at seven years old or something, you know, that he was having a bad day and had an off moment and, and said something or did something that then stuck with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. When he didn't mean it like that and it wasn't meant to be downloaded like that, but in your child, unfiltered, unable to filter brain, you've picked that up and you've taken that message forward for the rest of your life and it sits in there in the subconscious and then there's always this, whatever the limiting belief is that they put in your brain. Um, and that, you know, we can't avoid that, you know, like kids are going to download stuff and then it's about, okay, trying to get your kids to think critically for themselves and, and evaluate those sorts of things as they become mature enough for their brains to thing. And then and, and carrying on that journey as you get older and trying to unravel. You know, I always give the example of um, my mum when she was a young girl was at school and she had to give a speech on the stage and she got up there and she froze. 
and it was the most embarrassing experience for her. So she would never speak publicly from that point on ever again until she had the aneurysm and had forgotten about that memory was gone, deleted, mm-hmm. and now she'll get up and speak in front of 500 doctors at a medical conference. Yep. Because that limiting belief is no longer there in her memory bank. That's how powerful this shit is. Like, it's just Yeah, and I think, I think there's two things. I think one is the is one is having the awareness to be able to to challenge and kind of not accept what we've accepted for for years. Yeah. And then I suppose the second thing is is then how do we then consciously put ourselves in a position of um being uh comfortably uncomfortable? And I think that's 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 the challenge I feel for a lot of people is that um how do I break the cycle and those years of of b- limiting beliefs which have been ingrained w- within us? Um, what's the two or three steps that, you know, that you would be recommending to people to kind of go, how do we just shift? So shifting our limiting, our own limiting yeah. beliefs. Yeah. I think we need coaches. Every one of us needs mentors, coaches, friends, somebody who's going to give us an objective view of where we're at and be that mirror for us because it's very hard for us to see when we're in it. And then putting yourself into situations that scare the crap out of yourself on a daily basis sort of thing in some way, shape or form. It doesn't have to be a physically, you know, I'm jumping off a cliff type of scared um it can be picking up the phone because you you hate the phone you know it can be um going into a meeting that you don't want to go into it can be whatever starting a business that you're scared the hell out you know that that, oh, that this isn't going to work um so i think um not being comfortable we're far too comfortable in our physical lives definitely yep. and uh in our in our emotional and 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 um you know, academic and, and career lives is always just pushing a little bit outside. And you don't have to go from zero to jumping off a cliff, right? You want to do things in a in in a, in a way that's going to set you up, hopefully, for success. So you don't want to set yourself up for constant failures. Although the times when I've pushed it, you know, fully outside my comfort zone and and fallen on my face, I've learned big lessons. But sometimes they're not. It's not a pleasant way to go, right? Yeah. Um, and you don't want to repeat those experiences necessarily. Um, but just just challenging yourself a little bit in in every day. So in business, you know, I'm always. Um, scared shitless really you know <laughs> I, I i take on projects that you know i'm sitting in my brand new clinic with a hyperbaric chamber uh, uh, over there um a hard shell ch- hyperbaric i have no idea we haven't opened the doors yet to the clinic i have no idea if it's going to work you know um i know i believe in hyperbaric yeah and i know that i had an opportunity to to make this happen and um i know i've got too much on my plate and i shouldn't be doing one thing but it was like well, this is too good an opportunity to 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 pass up to get one of these i'll show everybody if anybody is watching on uh say <laughs> so it's my brand new chamber um so that's an example right i'm pushing outside the comfort zone i'm not quite sure where this is leading but i believe in hyperbaric i know it can ha- it, it helps people i'm passionate about it and uh so here we are so does for you, Lisa, does that passion for wanting to help push the the fear or the doubt of not succeeding? It's like, look, the, the chances of that it's going to succeed, I don't know. But actually, my passion and desire to want to do more for myself and other people is what drives you moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, I think 
you know, um, you have to, I think you start out things for yourself and then at some point it turns out, it turns around, it better be for something bigger if you're going to go and climb over all the obstacles that are going to come your way. So, you know, like example, when I ran through New Zealand, um, I started that, you know, mission because I wanted to tick that box and run right through New Zealand and do this amazing athletic uh, achievement, right? But it was the kids that I was doing it for, the kids with cancer and cure kids and canteen, especially, especially the teenagers with cancer, that really got me to the finish line because I was just like, you know, halfway through, absolutely dead on my feet, just miserable and thinking, how the hell am I going to carry on? And then... I had kids from canteen come and, and stay with me for a few days on the road, and uh, that changed. It, it, it really helped me go like, "This is bigger than me, and I can't, I can't quit now in any which way I can get through." And I had to adjust my my kilometer totals at that point, so I had to adjust them down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it was like, okay, and that's part of life too. Sometimes you have got to adapt and change, and but still, you're still moving forward. You're still keeping going. You're still achieving getting to the other end of the country in 42 days and 2,250 kilometres. It's a bloody long way. Um, And it was really the kids that motivated me through the pain and the suffering because there was a lot of pain and there was a lot of suffering. Um, And and, and realising that no matter what shit you're going through, they're going through cancer and they're teenagers and they're facing death. Mm -hmm. Get over yourself. (laughs) So has has that always been key for you is that, um, any challenge, and you know, you've done a fair for you more than most people, is that you've always attached a higher purpose or a higher value behind it to ensure that that helps drive you moving forward. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, and uh, and um, you know, yeah, everything I do in business, there is easier ways to make money than the ways that I choose to do it, but they don't fulfil the mission that I have on this planet to do. So people listening, uh, how do they find that mission or that that purpose overall or on a specific uh, thing that they're looking to achieve? What, is, there, is there anything specific that you do to, to, to get that or have you always had that innately within you? I think, you know, I just tumble on into things. You know, I bumble along and things come on my radar and I dive down rabbit holes and I research and I'm a research bloody, you know, nutcase. Um so I, for me, and I think that's very peculiar to me, I couldn't really answer that one for others as to how do they find their mission in, in, in the world, except that by going out and doing, you know, start where you think you've gone going um, and, and then dive on in and see, is that is that actually the direction or do you end up over here? Yeah, because often you do. Like I, I, you know, started off with running hot coaching with my my um my coach and friend Neil Wagstaff, and we started that eight years ago on this particular realm of of, of entrepreneurial journey. And now we've, you know, I'm sitting in a hyperbaric clinic and um, dealing with cancer and stroke and uh, dementia patients or clients every day, and um, you know, working on on supplement brands and things. You know, so you don't quite know where the hell you're going sometimes, and um, that's okay. You know, you do. I've evolved over that time through the experiences that I had with my family's health, and that sent me down a new path and a new rabbit holes to 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 explore. And what what I do love to do is whatever I do go out and learn and study, and I, I love to share that knowledge, right? 
mm-hmm. it's not I'm coming from a place of well, I know everything. It's just it's like super excited. Hey mate, did you know about this? You know, and I'm I'm famous for giving unsolicited knowledge bombs everywhere I go. <laughs> unsolicited knowledge bombs. Wow, that's that is awesome. I'm and, terrible and so, at it. And so true, so true. Um what's the what's if you look at your uh your career, what's the thing that you're most uh proud of for you personally? Um oh, that's a tough one too. Um I I, I don't feel like I'm there to be proud of anything yet you know like I'm I've got so much more that I want to achieve I'm frustrated often I'm frustrated with a lack of resources a lack of knowledge a lack of team a lack of um you know just just the time and energy I have you know constraints on my time now with with looking after my mum 24 7 so those sorts of things frustrate me um and yeah, I'm not sort of one to sit around and go, well, I'm so proud of myself, you know. <laughs> I've done so well. Um, uh, uh, I, I, I probably need to do that a little bit more <laughs> is to be a little bit more pat yourself on the back. And I do try to, you know, go, hey, even if you didn't achieve that today, at least you achieved this today. Um, and because I, I do realise that I'm I'm far too self-critical Um and yeah, that that needs work. That needs working on, definitely. What what's the what's the idea or the business thing that up till this point that you have tried or started, which hasn't been as successful as you would have hoped, and why? Uh, how, where do you want to start? <laughs> <The top one. laughs> I've been an entrepreneur since I was like seventeen or eighteen, and. Um, yeah, you know, I started off back in the day with, you know, multi-level marketing as you do when you're 17 and you're all for all the stuff and um, failed, yeah, miserably on those fronts. And <laughs> um, I, I've, I've I've done many careers. I've had um, crazy experiences. So I've done everything from export power pills from New Zealand to Europe. <laughs> that was, you know, really cool stories like, not in the jewellery industry, not in the pearl industry, but get this opportunity to get this collection of natural abalone or power pearls. And I was living in Europe at the time in Austria, and the person who had these wanted me to go over there and export these. And so I just dived on in, built it over to Basel Fair, which is like the biggest jewellery fair in the world where you pay a couple of hundred thousand dollars in a stand and came in there with my little – my um box full of pearls and said hey here I am with my super rare pearls from New Zealand <laughs> and nearly got chucked out of the fair a couple of times because you're not allowed to do that unsoliciting uh, so to speak but I caught the ear of a couple of companies and um, because they knew what these were and how precious and how rare these things were they were Japanese companies so one of them invited me to come to Japan and then I went over to Japan and exhibited there and then they said well you need a collection of designer jewelry so I went to the top goldsmiths in Vienna and said hey I'm exhibiting in in Japan with these really precious rare pearls I need a collection of designer pieces can you do me them for free please and all of these designers did that. They never co- cooperated on a project in their entire lives. These were competitors. And in one of the, the most prestigious um, goldsmithing countries in the world, you know, where this is really, you know, in Vienna. And uh, so I had all these top designers working for me, making these collections to take to Japan 
where I was presenting to these big multinational bloody, you know, jewelry things. And I just bowled on over there, no idea what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. I'm just still excited. <laughs> and I go over there and I sell them. And then I end up getting an apprenticeship and doing goldsmithing and then running my own shops and then, um, you know, branching out into jewelry and then having a second shop here and then losing it all when China came along basically with mass production and everything got more and more difficult, handmade one-off crafted pieces became something that only the really wealthy, you know, were interested in and it was becoming very, very hard to survive. And then mum got had an aneurysm and she was running the shop at that point. So that was the end of that, you know, mm. and that was a 15-year long career as a jeweller um, that a lot of people don't even know uh, that I did that. Um, and, and that's the sort of thing I just dived on in. <laughs> yeah. I had this opportunity, had no experience, no idea. I think naivety is sometimes a good thing. You know, you can just bowl on in. You don't know that you can't do that. <laughs> I, so it, it's it's interesting because I've just I've just written down a couple of things. Is that um, I, I've done I've done uh, improv comedy before, and oh yeah, one of the things they talk about improv is around this uh, mindset of yes and in. An opportunity is in front of you, and you go yes, and and you and you just enhance it. And and listening to you is just that that is just. Um, and I kind of wrote an equation down, which was for you, fear or fear stroke uh, uncertainty just equals excitement. It's just like <laughs> yeah. you just want to bowl in and kind of going. Actually, the things that I'm completely unsure of, it it, it almost for a lot of people would be uh, would scare them shitless to like yeah. not want to take a step forward whereas you're like come on bring this it on what, what's going to happen <laughs> I, I think that's just great i think that just that um that mentality and that attitude to to life um i suspect it just means that you've done you know a hundred times more than if you just you know had a closed mindset yeah, and, and and by the same token, I've fallen on my face a number of times, right? Yeah, because you do. When you're pushing the limits, like in, 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 in sport, which I've definitely pushed the limits on, I've fallen on my face a few times. Um, and, and and there it, you know, could have come out really badly because when you fall on your, <laughs> your face in the middle of the Sahara somewhere and, and you know, I got some, some very, very hairy situations in my life. Uh, so it's not always a good thing that you go yes and and the other side of it is I think the other negative is that I don't know how to say no mm -hmm. so I, I see opportunity in everything I don't um, have a realistic um, timeline sometimes or a realistic bandwidth um, appreciation so uh, I, I end up doing a, a thousand projects and then going ah, I can't cope there's too much on my plate and then mm -hmm. as soon as I get five minutes of downtimes, I'm still starting something new, you know. Um, and, and I've I've learned sort of a little bit to embrace that chaos that is the way I work. Yep. Um and not uh, uh I, I really have trouble like, you know, we, you've been talking about traction, the book traction and how to build a business and that you need all of these, you know, visions and systems and people in the right places and you know all of these plans and that's where I come unstuck. That's the hard part for me. That's the discipline that I don't necessarily have dialed in. Mm -hmm. um, and the, what really resonated with me in that book was that, you know, the, um, the visionary and the, needs the integrator. Yep. And yep. I'm definitely the visionary. 
and I haven't had an integrator, someone who can actually turn what I've what I'm trying to get in cross and do and actually put the systems in place and the things, you know. Um I, I worked for years with Neil, my my um ex my my coach and friend. And and but I think we were both too visionary. Yep. Not enough imp, um uh one integrator. I mean he was more integrator than I was, but I I, I really need someone that um I think it, you know we had a lot on our plate, you know, like too much things and and then geographical separation made it difficult as well. But um, I think having a key team around a visionary is is the is the key is the crux point. So Absolutely. that you yeah. yeah, and that's where I'm. That's the stage I'm at now with trying to develop that team. I've got a couple of good ladies, and um, we're working on the vision and we're trying to build some of the systems. And it's you know it's tough going for me. I find this stuff tough. I just want to <laughs> get out and do. Just get out and do. And he asked me what my values are. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> you know, my vision statement, <laughs> my mission. Um, I know, I know. But and, and, and making me sit down and do that stuff is good. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's the challenge with, you know, and I'm a visionary as well, is that actually sitting down and um, being able to articulate it because it's in you. Yeah. It's, it's in us, but actually being able to kind of sit down and kind of draw it out and go, oh, okay, actually now it's on paper, but actually the power then comes in being able to then communicate it through to the kind of, you know, outside world. I'd imagine, you know, there's a lot of people that are listening to this that have been listening to you for a long time. They know who you are. They know what you're about. They know what you're trying to achieve. And actually there's plenty of people on this call that I'm sure want to help out. So if you are listening <laughs> and you want to help Lisa achieve, yeah all the wonderful things that she has got planned, but actually probably more important are the ones that she's not quite got planned yet. Yeah. Because there's so much more to come. Um, please reach out. I really just want to, um, I'm interested to know uh, for you, are, is there any level of uh, religious or spiritual belief that uh, backs up anything that, that that you think and feel? Yeah, I think I'm not 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 religious. I'm not religious in that sense of the word, but I am very much. Um, I do hope and believe that there is something on the other side after we pass away, and that's something that occupies my brain quite a lot. That question as I get closer there myself, and after having lost my dad and my baby, um, these are the uh, things that occupy my brain quite a lot. Is what is the purpose? What, what the hell am I here? And there's been there's been a lot of times in the last two years where I've sat back and gone, "What is the what the hell are we doing here?" And I'd lost my way a little bit because you know I think when you lose loved ones, it's um, it's absolutely devastating beyond devastating, and you're broken, you're heartbroken, and you can't even though you intellectually know that they died and and gone, you you're just stuck in this, you know, like. Nah, that's nah, not not having having it, not understand it. I don't, um, and trying to find out well, what what is the purpose for being here, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to understand it. And I certainly don't have the answers. I I like to believe that there is something after, and I talk to my dad all the time, and I, you know, um, hope and believe that there's something on the other side. And so I live like that. I live as if. Um, 
my life matters and that I'm here to do a job and that I have want to have as big an impact on the world as I can have for the years that I've got. And I want to extend those years for as long as I can. Mm-hmm. Hence, like being in the longevity and anti-aging space and helping people optimize their health. Um, you know, I don't want people to be cut short, you know, un- un- unnecessarily if it can be avoided. And I believe a lot of things can be avoided. Um, and that's my mission in life, right? So with that overarching theme, then, you know, it's a life of service to others. Um, where, you know, like my needs, I wouldn't say not important, they're very important, but I, I know, I, I have a bigger, you know, a bigger mission and a bigger, big, bigger plan. And I do put the needs of others ahead of my own, or I think I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a selfish person in that respect. You know, I'm very much, um, uh, about the greater good. Um, Still do dumb shit and I don't want to sound like a saint or anything. <laughs> um, but, you know what I mean, there is a reason for me to do this work. Yeah. I do um, believe that. Lisa, you've you've mentioned, uh, you know, the loss of your father. I, I'm, I wonder if you'd mind sharing how, how you deal with grief and loss. Yeah, I am still deep in that process and I certainly haven't come out the other side of it um I, I've got I've come to a point where I, 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 I'm functioning I'm moving forward I'm doing what I have to do um but it's you know I, I still cry four or five times a day <laughs> when I think about my dad and I'm still devastated I'm still angry at the way he died I'm still and that's part of my mission actually mm-hmm. because what happened to my dad I don't want to happen to anybody else and I see it happen unfortunately time and time again and unfortunately I'm pulled into situations where I'm helping others fight for their loved ones lives in 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 this archaic medical system we have in our hospitals and things that is very backward looking and so I proactively try to help the the scientists with the latest education, the doctors that are at the cutting edge, get their information out so that people can hopefully not get to that stage where they're in the ICU in the hospital where they have lost complete control of their loved one's life. Um, You know, recently we went through COVID, uh, all all three of us in the household, my husband, myself and I at the same time with my mum and you know, with mum being very, very fragile and going through, you know, having gone through cancer and chemo and bloody everything known to man in the last few years, um, I was terrified that, you know, this, uh, but I was absolutely determined to keep her out of the hospital mm-hmm. because as soon as if I had, you know, and her oxygen saturation started to drop and we started to have major issues and then there was this massive dilemma, do I take her to the hospital or lose control? Mm-hmm lose the ability to do things like hyperbaric and intravenous vitamin C and give her the right nutrients and the right food and the right, you know, environment and sleep and everything. Uh, But I don't have a ventilator and I don't have, you know, doctors on call and I don't have, you know, so this massive life-death decision that I had to make, right, Um, and I kept her at home. I am really well set up. Um, I have everything 
that I needed. Um, we were sick at the same time, so that wasn't wasn't fabulous, but we were fighting for a life. Mm-hmm. And I had a very good team of people uh, on, on, on Zoom, like my doctor's team that I had, you know, and we got her the best things. And I had a lot of the, the things already in the house ready to go pre preemptively. So, you know, um, cutting edge stuff, the stuff that's, that's just coming out now, like, Tolibid and special pro-resolving mediators and spermidine and you know like stuff that were really going to help her peptides and that did it helped her and she survived and she got through that despite you know she's 81 being very very fragile immune system mm-hmm. um we got her through that and she's bounced back quicker than i did actually <laughs> because she's been on the really cutting edge stuff you know um but those are the calls you have to sometimes make yeah Just interrupting the show to let you know about my longevity and anti-aging supplement range. I'd love you to go and check it out. Go to my website, lisatamati.com and hit the shop button and you'll see a curated range of supplements, the latest in anti-aging, longevity, health optimization, performance optimization. I've gone out into the world, interviewed the most amazing doctors and scientists, as you'll know if you follow the show, and gone and got some of the best products that are out there. Stuff that I give to my family, that's what's in my range. So go and check it out at lisatamati.com. Um, it kind of ties into what you said earlier, this aspect of being in charge of your own body. Why generally has most people surrendered ownership of responsibility through to other people and not take A, taking their own responsibility or B, just asking the right questions? Yeah, I think um, we train from little, you know, very early on that um, you, when you get sick, you go to the doctor, they give you a pill, you get better. That's what we've trained in over and over and over again. And, and um, that it's been a fabulous system. The medical system has has wonderful sides to it, but it has very big and very serious limitations to it. And they do not hold the, all of the keys to the kingdom. They like. Um, they 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 have been trained in certain systems and methodologies and belief systems and pharmaceuticals surgery. Um, those are the mainstays of their their the what they focus on, and they're very 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 good at those sort of areas. But when it comes to chronic disease management, when it comes to um, understanding other therapies or things like like hyperbaric oxygen therapy, as an example, very powerful broad spectrum application can be used from you know over 150 different um, ailments can be helped with this why because it's getting to the base level you know a holistic approach and it's getting to a oxygen as a nutrient being delivered at high quantities causes signaling changes in the epigenetics causes inflammation to be decreased causes stem cell production all of these things are at the base level of many chronic diseases so it hits so many different areas right um why is this not in every hospital in new zealand i ask myself that every day um really and and because it should be Mm -hmm. um because nobody can make any money out of hyperbaric there's no quick drug. It's not an easy thing to operate. It, 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 it's 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 um it's never going to get that traction that I would like to see it have. 
and there's no an evil person sitting behind going, well, I'm going to block it, but it, it's the way the system is built on pharmacological interventions and surgical interventions, not this type of stuff, right? Mm. So it's just understanding the limitations you don't go to the butcher expecting him to give you a loaf of bread and you don't go to the baker expecting him to give you a leg of lamb. You go to them for that, you go to them for that. And then, and the way I approach health is that I like to have a team approach. I have, this is again resources willing, yeah. um, that you've got depending on your resources. Sometimes it's free YouTube content from really good sources though. You know, listen to the professors and the doctors and the people that have got the experience in these different areas, and we can get access to that information for free now mm-hmm. to a lot to a large degree, but it requires work, it requires study, it requires, yeah, stressing your brain muscle a little bit and actually doing some some deep dive research into some things. Um, and then, you know, you've got to have the ability. So I've just done a, a four-part course, actually, with Dr. Elizabeth Hewitt, who's one of the, the world's leading cellular health doctors on the planet. And she's an orthopedic surgeon and she's uh, has the Boulder Longevity Institute. And we teamed up to do a course on leading people through taking control of their own health. So I'd love people to go and check that out. I'll put the links in the show notes. Um but that is all about how do I research? What what do I need to understand about my biology? What what are the basics? How do I read my blood work? You know, all of those things that are going to actually help you take control of your health, your own health. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's not a either or. It's not conventional versus uh, so allopathic versus you know functional medicine. It is an and approach. You know. And it's like, let's take the information from them. But where I do have issue is when you get the arrogance of some people in the allopathic medicine side of things, the traditional medicine, who say, don't listen to any of that other bullshit woo-woo crap. Because and and I've had arguments with doctors on this. Really? Oh yeah, like the head of the medical bloody council on this. It's all woo-woo bullshit. That yeah. genetic testing or that hyperbaric, that every the the acupuncture, the the, the chiropractor, the 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 osteopath, the, the herbalist, the, they're all rubbish. And there I have issue, mm-hmm. serious issue. That's an arrogance. Anybody who's arrogant is not got an open mind, and anyone who's arrogant thinks they know it all because they've gone to XYZ medical school and done XYZ fellowship, and therefore they're the expert on whatever. Uh-uh. You know, yeah. there is more to this world of health than that. There is, a, you know, a thousand other things. And, yes, there are charlatans out there as well. But there's charlatans in both worlds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, you just kind of made me think if, if you were if you were being interviewed on, uh, I don't know, a news channel and you were asked to give your view and opinion on what individuals, you know, you've only got one sentence. What's the one thing that you would, what's the one message that you would want to get across to as many people as possible? Take control of your own health. Don't outsource it to any one particular person or on one particular system. That Be the CEO of your own health. What does that mean? It means you being proactive taking the information from there, the information from there, the information there and there, and putting it through your filtering process and deciding what course of action you're going to take. And that, yep, 
it, it is harder. It's more expensive. Mm-hmm. How how valuable is your health? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you, like I said, if you don't have any resources at all, go and listen to the bike podcasts. You know, most people have got a, a smartphone of some sort now. <laughs> That's your your ticket to listening to the best of the best. Um, and then it's the wisdom to be able to, you know, decipher what are good sources and what are not good sources. Um, and that, yeah, that's a discussion in itself, but you can do that. Um, last two or three questions. Um, you've mentioned the, the aspect of, uh, you being in service, um, and creating and having an impact on the world. So, um, let's roll forward. Um, to because you're going to live to a, at least 100. So, 20, come on, man, 150. <laughs> well, let's 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 go for a let's go for 100. Um, what what is it? What's the impact that you want to that I'm not going to say want because you're going to achieve it. So, what's the impact that you will have had on the world? Um, by the time you're 100, uh, I want to I, I want to impact as as many lives as possible. Um, and so not just one on one, you know, which is currently what I'm doing in smaller groups and things. I'd like to have a, a larger impact where I have a team of people and coaches doing this sort of stuff that we're talking about that are out there in the world. I'd like to if I had an unlimited budget of things that I could I could be doing right now, it would be having uh, a, a, a facility where we have doctors with different specialties um, and you you come in once a year for your warrant of fitness, you get all these scans, tests, blood work, blah, blah, blah done, like on a really deep level and we've got the technology coming at us faster than you can shake a stick at. And there are companies doing this in the States now like Fountain Life, but they're very, very, very expensive at the moment. But that will get cheaper as things start to go. So you go in and you'll have the scans. You'll have the tests for all the various types of cancer that they can pick up now. And in very early stages of blood work, you'll have you know, your blood tests done, your MRIs done, your, 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 your scans. And, and then you'll get a complete warrant of fitness just like your car does. And then you'll come out the other side with a plan to reverse the aging this year. And I do believe we can reverse aging and that that technology is very, very close now. And that we're, we're probably at a stage where we can stay standing right now. Like we can sort of, for every year we've lived, be less than a year of actual aging, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So like for every 12 months you're alive, maybe you only age eight months. Uh, and so. Through that, we're extending our lifespan, but then I think that we will get the ability very shortly in the next 10 years to 20 years where we will have a gene therapy that will be able to wipe off literally 20, 30 years off our cells age and actually be back at that 30-year-old, that 20-year-old level and be able to go once every 10 years and go backwards and go once every 10 years and go backwards. And people say to me often, well, we're going to overpopulate the planet and we're going to, we we're already overpopulated, but things are slowing dramatically now as the fertility drops through the bloody floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have actually this massive problem now where we have aging populations and nobody to look after them. Uh, and we need to make sure that our, as we age, we remain completely functional 
and not dependent. The problem with the system we currently have is that we are extending lifespan. People are living longer, although the last three years, everything's gone backward and it isn't just from the COVID. Yeah. The aftermath of COVID, it's the mental health, it's the vaccine damage, it's the it's the the COVID itself, it's it's the cancer rate soaring, it's the all all of these things are going up, and we've lost three years in life expectancy in the last three years. So that's 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 scary. We're actually going backwards now on that on that front. Um, but what we're seeing is that up until this point, at least until COVID came along, we were extending lifespan but not health span. We were living like to 63 years of age without really serious diseases on average, we're talking. And then we were living out to like 78, 79 years old, 80 years old, but with co- with with uh, comorbidities, like, you know, with diabetes, Alzheimer's, uh, stroke, damage, uh, cancer, so on and so on. Uh, all of those, those, those big killers. And so we're living longer because the uh, medical are wonderful at keeping us alive longer, but those chronic diseases are meaning that the quality of life and the dependence of the people, you know, as I live day in, day out with my dependent mum, who have a diminished quality of life at the end of their life, you know, and that's where we need to attack. So we want to be functional until the day we sit down after coming in from the garden, sit down on the garden bench and go to sleep, and that was it. We were healthy, 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 dead. Yep. Not healthy and then sick, sick, sicker, 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 terribly disabled, terribly disabled, die. That's what we want to avoid. And that's the, that's the argument that I have for, for increasing this the health span of people. Do you think there's an aspect that we disrespect death? Disrespect death? I think most of us just put it in a box, don't want to know, right, and don't want to think about it until, you know, it's right in your face. Um, what, what The people that I work with are very proactive about wanting to stay around on this beautiful planet for longer you know Mm -hmm. and live an optimal life and not and be in that preventative space and then I also work with a lot of people who are in deep deep trouble and death's coming at them and then when you're in that sort of a desperate struggle then you'll you know you're prepared to throw the bus at it and I want people to throw the bus at it before it gets to that stage you know and you know we can do everything and still bloody you know, get some terrible disease, you know. We can't prevent everything, but we can look at your blood every three to six months. You know, I think there's a massive argument for doing cheap blood tests. You know, these cost $10, $20 blood tests for every person every three months. If we could do that, yep. that would be like looking under the on the dashboard of the car and getting the readings to know that your car's not overheating. Yeah, and then the slight changes then mean if you want to look at the traditional system inverted commas, um, the reliance on what will be needed. You you know you it's uh, being proactive. Your preventative method methods. So, oh my um, god! I could you know this is what frustrates the real heck out of me is that you know when I send my clients because I can't order blood tests unless they do it privately and pay privately you know, to the doctor to get certain blood tests. And these are pretty basic blood tests. These are not anything, you know, expensive or unusual. Um, some A few nutrients on top of the standard panels. And often there's the amount of pushback I get back, what do you want that for? You know, 
oh, I don't know what that marker is. I can't interpret it. I'm not ordering it. And it's like basic blood markers like, you know, homocysteine or, you know, LP little A or something, you know, like really that should be measured and they should know how to read those things. Um, you know, thyroid is one of my pet peeves. You know, they'll do a TSH. That's one of, you know, a panel of markers that should be looked at. And and, and I've had so many clients come, I've got uh, my TSH is normal, but I feel like shit and this is happening. And then I do a full panel and then we go, aha, yep. reverse TB3 is through the roof or your T3 is really low or your conversion from T4 to T3 is not working or your, whatever the case is. And then you, you have got a thyroid problem, you know, <laughs> and then we've got to go digging out why and rather than just giving L-toxin and bobbed your uncle. But, you know, they won't do them. And it's just very frustrating. Um, so people have to pay privately for, for me to do the, those testing. Privately, last, you know? last couple of questions, Lisa. Um, you're, you know, you're massively in service to other people. Um, I can say this because I'm the one that's asking the question and I know that you wouldn't. So there's people that will be listening to this podcast who will want to serve you to help serve others. They'll want to support you to support others. Where, what, and how can they do to support and help you? Oh, well, thanks, Adam. <laughs> this wasn't meant to be a pitch for my um uh, where I need help is I need team members that can help me build uh, 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 and expand this company that that I've you know got underway and is is, is rolling. Um, I need people with different skill sets. Um, I'm trying to find my integrator at the moment and build a leadership team, and then beyond that, hopefully some coaches that I can train up in the systems that I am, am developing. Uh, and build out membership programs and things like that. So, so uh, supplement lines are another thing that I want to get up and running, the stuff that I believe in, the stuff that I want to make and see in the world. Um, all of these projects cost a mega amount of money um, to get up to a profitable point. And this has always been the, the shoestring uh, approach of, okay, we, we'll, we'll get ourselves off the ground and then we'll, 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 we'll hand to mouth it, you know, we'll, we'll shoestring it like a lot of entrepreneurs do. Um, where I lack in, in knowledge is on, on some of the business models and systems and um, investors and venture capital and, you know, all of that stuff that we don't get taught at, at, at school. Um, so that's an area that I'm trying to understand and learn about at the moment how do you do all that stuff um so business coaches you know that that type of uh, thing that mentors that can help take you to the next level of knowledge and understanding on how to grow your business and that's what we've been working on a little bit with the you know the whole traction type, type of thing and building out the right people and the right processes and Trying to, eat. I think a lot of us hit that ceiling in entrepreneurship, eh? Where you you get to a certain point and you can't break through, and that's that's frustrating as hell. And it's often resource uh, driven and, and knowledge driven of how to actually build those um, and build the team, and build the resources. Mm. So it's, it's, I yeah, it's it's building the team and behind and behind the 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 the, the foundations of what I've set up. I cool. feel like I have this great 
you know, and I have everything from the hyperbaric clinic to supplements to coaching, you know, genetics, thyroid, hormones, organic acids, you know, all of that stuff that I do on the coaching sort of side. Um, you've got the books, you know, we've got, we've got a lot going on, YouTube channels, podcasts. Uh, any one of those could need a team of, you know, 10 to 50 people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I once was talking with a guy who, who runs a big supplement company and he said, look, Lise, we've got 50 employees and we're not even anywhere near the number of channels that you're trying to manage. There's no wonder that you're just spread too far. <laughs> He's like, we still haven't even got to YouTube yet. We've got 50 people. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, maybe I'm not doing too bad then. But, yeah, frustration for me is, is that bandwidth problem. Yeah. And wow. um, I have a situation with mum, you know, where I the entire day, so from – well, not the entire day, from sort of 10 o'clock from now – all day I have mum, so in the morning she she can manage at the moment to get herself up, get dressed, get showered, get her pills, um, and then she goes to her exercise while she's waiting to finish for me to finish my um, podcasts or consults or whatever I'm doing. And then I've got her, and I and I prioritise her throughout the day. So I do work in between snippets, snippet, mm-hmm. snippet, and consult here and a consult there, but she. Has the biggest part of that bandwidth between ten and, and five o'clock, sort of thing, and then I've got to cook dinner and get it a bit, like you know, all that sort of jazz. Uh, so just like a parent that's running around after three children, um, yeah, that's probably running around after an eighty-one year old is about the equivalent of three children. <laughs> um, so here's the thing: if you're listening to this, and uh, couple of things that I would say for me, which I would uh, ask you to do. So the first thing is um, Lisa's content on her podcast is awesome, uh, cutting edge. Um, and, you know, you spoke earlier, Lisa, about the aspect of kind of delving in and, 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 you know, you do a lot of the work actually for other people. So if you like this podcast, recommend it through to other people that you feel that would, would want it. I think that's the first thing. Enjoy um, your patron. Join our Absolutely, join the patron, and I don't think that that then leads on for me, which is um, if you when you when you hear Lisa speak, or you, if you have the great opportunity to meet her in person, Lisa is a change maker. Um, she is at the forefront of trying to achieve so much, um, and she needs support. So, what can you do to to help? Because at some point. You know, um, you know, longevity and resilience and optimized health is is something that we're all going to need. So you're going to need Lisa at some point during your life, whether you choose that now, or whether you choose it at 75, 80. Um, so an investment into Lisa is actually an investment into your into yourself. But actually, there's a wider piece here is around, you know, the service to other people. So um, just consider that um, because I think, you know, it's it's really, really important. Um, last question from me, uh, Lisa, um, no, normally when I ask this question to people, I'll say, you know, if there was a book of your life to this point, what would the title be? And maybe a couple of chapters, you know, you, you've written a couple of books, so I can't ask that question. So <laughs> I'm going to put a slight caveat on yours. So, um, you're at a hundred years, you've got your clinic. In fact, there's multiple clinics across the world yeah. doing everything that you've spoken about. 
what would the title of the book be about your life and what would one or two chapters be called? Oh, man. I did everything wrong the first 55. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Don't don't, uh, do as I say, not as I've done, probably. (laughs) You know, I think, um, yeah, that's a really tough one. I I just, yeah, you know that saying, you know, slide into death with a completely worn out broken body that's done everything and been everywhere and done everything that's probably where I'm going to end up <laughs> um you know live life intense be be the best that you can be accept your failings accept your limitations accept help um you know so that that's not a title but those are the things that I think would be in the book and and just you know get rid of the bloody ego <laughs> Uh, I can't, I can't, you know, like I, I couldn't give a shit about fancy cars and fancy material things and, you know, um, your loved ones, your health, your achievements, the imprint that you've left on the planet. Those are the important things, not if you've got a Lamborghini or a jet, you know. But I, what I want to know, did you walk over everyone else to get there? Mm-hmm. Or did you actually help others along the way? And I'd rather be maybe a little bit less successful but helped a whole lot of people along the way and didn't walk over everyone else to get there. You know, there's a there's a place for ambition but not at the expense of others. Well, um, and what a great way to uh, to finish, um, <laughs> which just sums you up. Um, thank you for, um, you know, and th- this has probably been three or four months in the making because <laughs> both of our diaries. Our schedules. Um, <laughs> Thank, thank you for uh, allowing and giving me the opportunity to um, ask you questions for, for me, but actually uh, for your audience, because I felt that, you know, this is you're so giving of yourself and your time and your energy um, and, ask, and ask you asking other people that I'm really glad that um, I've been able to, you know, hopefully give your listeners a bit more of an insight into, in, into who you are. Um, I know that, um, that uh, in respecting time i feel that we should leave it here and then if you want to (laughs) interview me at another point we can we can do because actually i don't want to take i don't want to take away from this being about you because it is important that your listeners uh you know acknowledge and and respect and know who you are so thank you you're awesome that wasn't what was meant to be coming out of this podcast it was meant to be about you know uh frank and fearless and the the um eos system and attraction and all that but hey uh yeah let's do a second one even if it takes us a month on sundays to get there um i appreciate you i appreciate you um saying all that on my behalf that that's very appreciated and i can't wait to work with you some more it's going to be gold everybody go and check out uh what adam harris does and where he is so adam where where can people find you uh linkedin um i'm sure you'll put my details in uh in the show notes notes, but give Uh, us i help organizations and individuals a little bit like you i'm just here to serve i like speaking to people you know, signposting is a really important thing for me. Um, you know, that letting go of the ego, the the sense of wonderment in kind of just going, what if? Um, so, yeah, thank you. Lovely, lovely. Thank you so much, Adam. And we will have you on for a proper interview. 
that's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends. Head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatamati.com.